Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Go back to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. This whole series is based on John 10, 27. In John 10, 27, Jesus said that you and I, his sheep, could hear his voice. And for those who did and listened to him and follow after him, he would know them intimately and we would follow him. What a promise. You and I have the privilege to know that we can hear the voice of God, hear the direction of God for our life. And in doing so, not only follow him, but him get to know us intimately and we get to know him. Which is truly what Christianity is all about. It is all about a relationship with our God. Amen? Amen. So we've been talking in detail about this very truth that you and I can be led by God in every decision we make. There's two ways that we're going to live life. We're going to live it based off what we think or we can live it based on how God wants to lead us. And we saw lots of scriptures of how God revealed to us in his word that when he leads us, he leads us in triumph and victory. He leads us in the plan that he already had for us. Back to Romans chapter 8. We're going to touch on some verses we've already looked at earlier in this series. But I want to go back here and remind you about a couple things as we're about to wrap this up tonight. Not, not finishing tonight, probably Sunday morning, but getting closer to wrapping up this series. Back here in Romans chapter 8, we find out clearly, according to scripture in verse 5, those who live, now live is just another way here to say those who basically walk out what they're going to walk out in their life. Those who live according to the flesh... If I'm walking out this life according to my old fleshly nature, I do so because I set my mind on the things of what? The flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit will clearly do so by setting their minds on the things of the Spirit. Verse 6 is the powerful verse. For to be what? Carnally minded. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So we have a choice. We can live governed by our old carnal nature. Once we're born again, thank God our spirit becomes brand new. We still have an old carnal nature in our flesh to deal with. But the whole purpose of development spiritually, if you become developed spiritually, you become spirit governed. You become governed by your new spirit, man, not your old outer fleshly nature. When you do, what are you going to walk in? Life and peace. The word life there again is what? Zoe. And it's at the, in the Greek language, it's the word that's used there. And it means what? Life as God has it. You, cannot, you and I can walk in the peace, in the joy, in the true contentment, and in the true blessing of the rest that God has for us even in this life, knowing that we don't have to live stressed, fearful, full of anxiety, worry, etc. Anybody who says you have to live that way has not studied the Bible or heard the truth preached. Because if we are spiritually minded, we walk in what? Life and peace. Aren't you glad? But if we're carnally minded, what do we walk in? Death, which means what? Separation from that Zoe life and the peace of God. So the whole thing comes back to whether I'm carnally minded or spiritually minded. 
So once I'm born again, I have the ability now to set my mind, my aspect of my reasoning upon the things of the flesh or the things of the spirit. Now that's not just saying that you got to turn your eyes off of the entire world. I mean, you know, God created this world and he has created it for our enjoyment, for our blessing. What it's meaning is you don't look at life like you used to before you got born again. Because when you were obviously a sinner, how did you see things? Through the eyes of man, through a fallen nature. When you got born again, you became one spirit with the Lord. You, came a, you became a brand new spirit being. And you now have the ability to do what? See things the way God sees them. Know what God knows. And understand clearly, therefore, how to be led by God and walk in what God has for your life. You could stand two people up here today, one born again, one not born again. The one not born again could never walk in Zoe life because they don't have the, the new spirit within them to be able to be led by God and follow out God's plan. But the one that truly is born again can. But we still have the decision to make whether we choose to walk in that Zoe life or we choose to continue to walk in the old ways of the old fleshly nature. What's the difference? To be carnally minded means I'm still seeing life the way I used to before I got born again. This is why, if you'll go over just for a moment, hold your place in Romans 8, and I'll remind you about these verses, Romans 12. If you go a little further here in this letter of Paul's to the book, in the book of Romans to the children in Rome, he said in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you do what? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy. What's holy mean? What's holy mean? It just simply means set apart unto God. Set apart unto the very plan of what God has for your life. Notice that you're to present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is what? Your reasonable service. Verse 2, do not be conformed to the world. How do you not live a life conformed to the world? If I'm living conformed to the world, I'm living still like the old nature of somebody who's not born again. But I don't have to be. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by what? Tell me. Renewing of your mind. So how do I get my mind renewed? I get my mind focused on who I now am as a child of God. As long as I continue to focus my mind on seeing life based on the way that I lived as a sinner, based on the way that I lived as a carnal fallen being, I'm not going to walk in the very plan of God for my life. I'm not going to know how to hear God. I'm not going to know how to follow God's leading. But the moment that I get born again and start renewing my mind, to this new man on the inside, because what are we really renewing our minds to? Who you now are. Who's the new guy on the inside that got born again? It's the greatest miracle that happens in a person's life. You can mention many great miracles in life, but the truth is the greatest miracle is the new birth. Because all of a sudden a brand new spirit gets birthed within you. And so you and I, as we renew our minds, are transformed. No longer conformed to the world. Transformed through the renewing of my, our mind that we may do what? Prove... What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So that's Romans 12 too, back to Romans 8. So if you and I are renewing our minds to the word of God, what are we doing? We're, st we're beginning to take our focus of our thinking and starting, basic simple way to say it, we're starting to think like God thinks. Because we new, renew our mind to the new man on the inside. The new man on the inside that's born again is one spirit with the Lord made in the image and likeness of God. You no longer have to, listen, this is powerful. You no longer have to live like a mere human. Because you're not just a mere human. You're a born again child of God with a brand new spirit in you. 
Therefore, you now have what? The presence of God living in you. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you. The very moment you got born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. And what does the Bible tell us in Jesus' own words that he's there to do? Guide you. Guide you, lead you, help you. So he's here to do what? Guide us through this life. Guide us in the plan God had for us all along. What's really cool is God had this plan prepared for you before even the world was created, the Bible says. He's so incredible and all-knowing, he already had that planned out. But it's not automatic. So back to Romans 8, verses 5 and 6 again. What must I do? I now must get my mind renewed. I must set my mind on who I am as a spirit being and start seeing things the way God sees them. The more I can see what God sees, I can start seeing what I now have become and how I can now live. If you see things the way the world sees them, how does the world see all that's going on around it? It sees everything going on around it from a perspective of that that's what controls their life. That's how they live. That determines whether they're happy or sad. Is everything going the way I want? Am I having any problems? Has my car broke down? Am I lacking a job? Am I lacking money? All they do is look at the world from the perspective of the world, and I guarantee you it will not produce life and peace. But you and I can look at every situation, know that we have the ability to follow God's leading, and in doing so, we don't live like the world. We don't live in fear. We don't live in torment. We don't live in all these things. So therefore, we don't have to live a stressed out life. You and I can follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Say amen, somebody. And because you can live in the footsteps of Jesus, you can live the same kind of life Jesus lived. He didn't live a life stressed out. He didn't live a life feared or worried. He lived a life of power and victory. And he's given you the same ability to do the very things he did. Remember John 14, 12? Jesus said, if you believe in me, the works I did, the life I live, guess what? You can live also. What a promise. I said, what a promise. So back here in Romans 8, what do we got to do? We got to get our mindset changed. We got to start seeing things the way God sees them. And in doing so, we start learning how God leads us. We start learning from the Bible, not man-made religion, not man-made ideology, man's ideas. What does the Bible say God does to lead us? How does the Bible say God leads us? Because I'll guarantee you, most people that aren't born again, that hear from others that claim to know God and talk about how God has led their life or in direct ways directed them or whatever, most of the time is not Bible. God doesn't lead us through external circumstances. God doesn't lead us by opening and closing doors. Satan can open, close, open and close doors in the natural. So how does God lead us? Two ways. The Word... And the witness. And he does that how? Through the guide, the Holy Spirit. So the number one way God leads us is through his word. Now how does the Holy Spirit involve leading us through the word? He's the one that brings it alive in us. He's the one that brings it as revelation to us. And that's why 1 John says he's our teacher inside who will teach us all things. But the word of God is the primary way that God begins to lead us. The less we know about the word, the less we're going to be accurate on following the inward witness on decisions we have to make that aren't black and white in the Bible. Example, should I buy this car or not? Does God really care about that? Are you kidding me? If God didn't care, then I guarantee he wouldn't matter if you bought a, you know, it wouldn't matter to him if you bought a piece of junk or you bought something that was really good and that ran, ran well, that would be a blessing to you. But he's a father who cares about his kids. Aren't you glad? And so he does care. How I many you know he knows everything? And so he wants to guide you in all these decisions in life. Some people think, well, that's too trivial for God to make, help me make a decision on a vehicle. Not if it'll save you money. Not if it'll be a blessing to you. No, man. He already knows everything about everything. 
He's all-knowing. The devil is not. So if you go down a little further in Romans chapter 8, then we pick up here how the Holy Spirit's involved in this guiding us through this life. This is how God guides. This is how we hear the, vo the voice of our shepherd and follow his leading. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by what? Spirit. Tell me out loud, please. So notice it says nothing about opportunities. It says nothing about open and closed doors. It says nothing about anything in the natural. The Spirit of God lives in you. Yes. So those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are now what? Sons of God. And the word sons means those who aren't just children of God, born again. It means they're dependent on Him. Yes. They are depending on Him to guide them, lead them, help them make the right choices, right decisions. So clearly those who are led by God, these are the sons of God. 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. See, we don't have any aspect of fear living within us. Therefore, we no longer have to live under any form of aspects of what fear brings. See, fear involves more than just being afraid. Fear, you know what causes stress and anxiety a lot of times? Fear does. Becoming, becoming fearful about different things and situations in life. So realize it goes far beyond just being afraid. But we've not been given what? Tell me. I want you to read it. Verse 15. Say, I have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear. See, what was that old fallen nature? He was a spirit of bondage. You were bound to fear because of the fall. But that ain't what you got now. Notice this. Read the rest of the verse. You received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out what? Abba, Abba Father. So now our Heavenly Father wants to be our daddy. He wants to father us. He wants to lead us. A lot of people say, well, you know, God's the father of all. True and not true. Depends on the way you're defining the word father. The term father in the Bible can mean multiple things, even as it relates to God. One of the ways the word father can relate to God is that he's the originator of all things. True, that all spirits came from God. But the other context of the term father, as used here in these verses, means he's the one who is now in control of our life. He's the one guiding us. He's the one leading us. Thank God he will. I said, thank God he will. Verse 16, so how does he do this? The Spirit himself, say the Holy Spirit. The Spirit himself bears witness with what? The new you, the real you, the guy on the inside. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness with our spirit that we, in this case, are children of God. But it's also, therefore, how he's going to lead us. The way God's going to lead you is through this Holy Spirit. So we've covered this multiple times already. Just a quick review. In John 14, Jesus said, as he was going to get ready to leave, I'm going to send my peace to be with you. My peace I'm going to give to you, not as the world gives do I give. What was he going to give you? Peace. What was he not going to give you? Fear. He wasn't going to give you a spirit of fear. He's going to get rid of that. And now he's going to give you what? A spirit of peace. That spirit of peace is also known as the Holy Spirit who comes to live inside you. He went right on in the next verse and he said, this peace I leave with you, peace I give, with, peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. Notice this, let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. You don't have to live that way. But the key to that is the verse before it, and he said about bringing the Holy Spirit to us, that the Holy Spirit would come to live in us. So realize how God guides us in relationship to decisions in life that you can't find a scripture black and white is that he leads us by what? This inner peace, this inner knowing. What we know is the voice of our conscience, excuse me, voice of our spirit, our conscience as the Holy Spirit does what? Bears witness with our spirit. 
So the Holy Spirit will be the one to, to nudge our spirit with a peace or an agitation if we're making the right decision. It'll be a peace. If it's the wrong one, there'll be an agitation. But it's always going to go in line with what? The Bible. The Word of God. This is why we start, first of all, with the Word. So very clearly, again, verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with what again? Our spirit. So we've talked about this multiple times already in this series, but let's bring it back up real quick. So what does that mean to me and you? If the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness with my spirit, if the Holy Spirit is going to bear witness with your spirit, guess what you need to be aware of? Your spirit, man. This is why Romans 8 says you got to do what? Get your mind set on the things of the Spirit. Because the more you become aware of the real you, the real spirit man on the inside, the more you can learn to follow the leading of God. Now, if you don't think that ain't significant, I can tell you the reason that I'm still married today, 33 years later, is because I didn't want to make that choice on my own. I wanted the witness of the Holy Spirit. I wanted God to reveal to me for sure that I had found the right person, and he did. And he revealed to my spirit, man, that this was the person I was to marry. I'm going to tell you what, that's a whole lot better than going through challenging times of years of your life, of being connected with the wrong person. And unfortunately, sometimes that turns out really rough and really bad. No fault on anybody that that's ever happened to. How I many you know we've all missed God? But I'll tell you, it's great to know I can follow the Holy Spirit's leading and I don't have to make mistakes. You don't have to make mistakes. We don't have to make bad choices. We don't have to make bad decisions. God will lead us in a perfect plan. Any good amens on that? So again, all who are following the leading of the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, Romans 8 16, are aware of their spirit because the Holy Spirit's going to bear witness with what? Our spirit man. I've got to be aware of my spirit man, not my brain. I gotta be aware of my spirit, man. The guy that's living on the inside. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. <clears throat> you know, for somebody who's born again to not even believe that doesn't even understand salvation. Because your body is not gonna leave the planet. If you physically pass away, you're still gonna live. You're gonna go to heaven. You're gonna be in the presence of the Lord. Who you? Who's gonna go to heaven? Who's gonna go before you? The real you. Your spirit, man. Your body's just an earth suit. It's just like your vehicle sitting out there. It just gets you around on the planet. Amen? But you and I, through our soul, mind, will, and emotions, can decide whether we follow our spirit, be aware of him, or we follow our external body. It's up to us. But thank God we have a helper. Say we have a helper. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. So that's kind of pretty much review. We've been talking about all that stuff already. Just reminding you what we've been covering real quick. If you go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 real quick, we're going to talk tonight about, we began to talk on Sunday, so I've got to be more aware, more conscious of my spirit man. The more I'm aware of my spirit man on the inside of me, the more I can follow the leading of God, the more I can know that God's trying to direct my steps through that inner peace, or if I'm going the wrong way, that inner agitation. You know, even context to what some believers who have not been taught biblically and correctly as to the fact they're a spirit being would say, well, you know, it's just like this other sense that I have. No, it's called the voice of your spirit, man. Amen. You know, so realize even some call it subconscious. It's not subconscious. It's your spirit, man, which is your conscious, not your subconscious. It is your consciousness of your spirit, man. So we got to become aware of the spirit, man, right? 
So how do I become more aware of the spirit man? So I gave you already on Sunday night, we talked about this. I gave you four things you got to do to do what? Develop your spirit man. You got to develop this guy. So just like your body developing it physically, if you, if you had never, ever, in any way, shape, or form, ever lifted iron, lifted weights, you know, lifted any kind of weights at all, and all of a sudden you go to the gym tomorrow and you're going to start working out lifting weights, you know what you're going to be aware of the next couple of days? Your body, like you never have been before. You know why? Because you've exercised it. Guess what happens when you start exercising your spirit man? You become aware of him. So you have to do what? Develop your spirit man. I gave you the four things that every believer needs to do to develop their spirit man. Remember them? One, you got to do what? Meditate in the Word of God. Two, got to practice the Word of God. Practice what it teaches you in the New Testament. Three, got to give the Word first place. You should always be asking, what does the Word say about this situation? And then number four, obey the voice of your spirit, man, because you're going to become more aware of Him. Amen? If you truly are convicted in heart about something you did wrong as a believer, obey it. Do something about it. Make it right. Get it corrected. Amen? That will help you to know his direction for your life as well. So I actually told you 1 Timothy 4. I'll show you the verse that we had looked at. If you back up to chapter 1 that we were looking at when we concluded Sunday night about obeying the voice of our spirit man. This is where part of the verses that you see this revealed. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. 1 Timothy 1 18. Paul said, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies that were previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. 19 is our focus. Having faith and a good conscience. How do you get faith? Get born again. Having faith, you get born again. You get born again, you put your faith in God, but you also need what? A good conscience. So you need more than just being born again if you want to walk out what God has. You need what? A good conscience. Notice this. Which some having rejected. What have they rejected? What their conscience was directing them to do. In doing so, notice this, concerning the faith they've suffered shipwreck. So that just means they haven't walked out what God had planned. It takes faith to walk out what God has for your life. It takes a belief that what God says in the word is true takes a belief that as God's leading you, you know that's God's direction for your life based on that inner leading to obey that and honor what God's directing you to do. Noah, build an ark. That took faith. That took faith to build an ark. Why? Never been a flood. Never been any rain. What do we need a a boat for? Because I told you to build one. Was that God's plan for Noah's life? Yes, it was. But I'll guarantee you, if he would not have had faith in God, he couldn't have walked that out. For you and I, what's the key that hinders our ability to walk by faith in what God has for us? Not listening to our conscience. If you don't listen to your inner voice of your spirit, that's your conscience. I'm going to remind you again, what's the voice of your spirit? Conscience. What's the voice of your soul? Reason. Reasoning things out. That's the voice of your soul. What's the voice of your body? Feeling. Feeling related to the five senses. So what's the voice of my spirit? My conscience. My conscience. And realize that he's telling us here in verse 19 that if we do not what? If we don't reject what our conscience is telling us, we won't wind up like some who have suffered shipwreck and not walked out the very plan of God by faith of what God had for them. I've got to learn to listen to my conscience. To do that, again, I've got to be aware of what? My spirit man. Got to be aware of my spirit man. So not only do I have to develop my spirit man, there's some things I also must do to have a greater focus on my spirit man and less focus on the old carnal way of seeing things. 
If you drop down to chapter 4 now, in 1 Timothy, you'll see this a little bit later on in his letter, chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says, what Spirit? What Spirit? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit expressly says, in the latter times, some will depart from what? Departing from the faith here could mean a total turn away from Christianity. But it also includes what we just read. And that's not walking by faith in God's plan for your life. There will be those who literally started down that pathway because it says they will depart from it. So they started walking out what God had for their life. They started walking in the light of what God desired for them to walk in. But notice this, they then did what? In the latter times they departed from it. They departed from this life of faith, this walk of faith. Why? Why did they do so? Listen to this. Giving heed to what? I want you to listen to this carefully. Giving heed to what? Are you in 1 Timothy 4.1? Do you know how to read? You know how to read? And you're in 1 Timothy 4.1? Are you in 1 Timothy 4.1? Do you know how to read? I want you to read it. Why, why did they depart from the faith? Giving Heed to what? Tell me. Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, most people think I would never do that. Well, I guarantee you, these people departed from the faith probably didn't think so either. But what are these deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons? So just think about that statement. First of all, they're deceiving spirits. Question, do you know that you're deceived when you've been deceived? No. That's why you're deceived. So guess what they did? They started listening to influences they shouldn't have listened to. Of which behind those influences were what? Deceiving spirits. That began to convince them that what they were doing and how they were living was okay. And this led into what we know as the doctrines, which is teachings of demons. Not demonology. I mean, if you went to a Christian, come on, these are people who departed from the faith. If you went to a Christian and said, wouldn't you rather serve Satan and offer up, you know, uh, you, you know, human sacrifices and all this stuff and everything and serve the devil? Well, no, you're crazy. I ain't doing that. Well, that's not these people. That's not what it's talking about. Doctrines of demons are actual teachings that the devil brings through people who themselves are deceived. To do what? Further deceive others. To mislead them. To teach them things that aren't true and to therefore guide them in a way that's going to lead them away from God's plan for their life. I want you to read it again. Listen carefully. The Spirit expressly says when? When? Tell me out loud. In the latter times. That's the days we're living in. Last of the last days. Some will depart from the faith. Some here doesn't mean a small number. It just means that there will be those in the body of Christ who will do this. Why will they do it again? Because they will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, how in the world would they do that, Pastor? How would they do that? Because they begin by wrong association to refocus their mind on fleshly things. If they departed from the faith, then at one point, they developed to a degree spiritually. They began to walk out the things of God. They began to walk out what very clearly the Bible taught they could walk out as a child of God. But what happened? They began to get their mind focused back on the things of the world. They began to become more carnal in their thinking. And as they began to do that, guess what these demons did? These demons began to lie to them and deceive them and trick them. How did they do that? What, these demons just show up and talk to them? No. No, through wrong influences. You ready? Movies, television shows, 
other people. You're going to see tonight all that is called fellowshipping with demons. Now, I didn't say all television. I didn't say all people. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that has its origin, its root, not from God, but from Satan. Why does Satan cause people to create movies filled with foul language and nudity? Why? Does God, does God actually put it in the heart of producers and directors to come up with movies for you to go sit and feed your flesh and look at naked things on the screen and listen to all kinds of foul language? You know, some people say, well, there's nothing wrong with foul language. That ain't what the Bible says. New Testament says we should have no such thing to do with any such words that are not what? Meaningful and helpful and a gift to one another. So understand that what the devil does, this, see, this is getting to the point where some people say, man, this is just clothesline religion. No, it's not. It's called learning how to follow God's leading. Can I get a better amen? Come help me, Clayton, real quick. Come on. So I'm going to remind you of this, okay? I want to remind you of this. I'm going to use a person to help me with this. Stand right here. So let's say Clayton represents the Holy Spirit. Turn face everybody, smile like you got a really great time in your, in your pastor with your church. So this represents the Holy Spirit. Now, if I do things that cause me to stay close to the things of God and the Holy Spirit and be aware of my spirit, guess what? I'm going to have no problem finding out the direction he has for my life, Right? But, come here, Caleb. I'll use the whole family. You're next, Claire. <laughs> no, come on. Real quick, stand over here. So, so let's say Caleb rep represents the things of the flesh. He represents the Holy Spirit. I'm this guy in between. I got the Holy Spirit there. I got the Holy Spirit living in me. But guess what? I have a choice. I have a choice to focus on the things of the flesh or focus on the things of the Spirit. I have a choice to fellowship with things that come from the old nature's way of doing things, which is Satan, or from God's new way of seeing and doing things, which is God. I have a choice. Amen. I have a choice. Amen? Amen? So let's just go through some things real quick, all right? So friends and family members that are just foul-mouthed, full of all kinds of stuff, that just cursing God and everything else, is the root behind that God, or is that the old nature? That's the old nature. So if I hang out with that, guess what I'm feeding on? Why would Satan want me feeding on that? He's trying to deceive me. What's he going to do? What's he going to condition me to think about all that stuff? Oh, it ain't no big deal if I listen to it. You know why? I'm born again. This is called doctrines of demons. He's trying to teach me that none of this is going to affect my life. Let me show you that it will. Because the more that I hang out with, listen to, fellowship with the old flesh well, and, and the old fleshly ways relating to anything at all that came originally from Satan, right? Nothing good in the flesh. The flesh is enmity against God, the Bible said. So that's all because it what? It's been affected by the fallen nature, which goes back to Satan in the garden. Yes, no, maybe. Yes. So if I'm hanging out with that, who am I fellowshipping with? I'm not just fellowshipping with the old fleshly nature. I'm fellowshipping with the demons that influence that old fleshly nature. You're going to see this in a minute. If I'm doing that, how, how aware am I of my spirit, man, that's on the inside of me and the Holy Spirit? This is the soul. This represents the soul. He's living in my spirit. This is my flesh. This is my soul, mind and will emotions. So I set my mind on the things of the flesh. I set my mind on hanging out, drinking beer. Hey, man, come on, Jesus drank alcohol. What's wrong with alcohol? I don't have time to go there. But if you really believe he drank alcohol, according to the Bible, that was actually loaded down with actual content of toxins that could make you intoxicated, 
One, he violated Ephesians 4. Two, he became a stumbling block to everybody that was a drunkard and therefore violated the Bible in sin, and he never sinned. The word wine in the Bible talks about grape juice, not what we think. There was intoxicated wine of the day, but see, here's all these doctrines of demons. See, what's the purpose of getting drunk? Oh, it ain't no big deal to get drunk. Let me help you. Ask somebody that's had a drunk driver run into their car and kill a family member. And tell me it ain't a big deal to get drunk. You still here? It's awful quiet. See, when you start talking, it ain't no big deal if you get drunk. I mean, people's lives have been lost because of drunk drivers. Lots of people. Lots of people. Not to mention people that got drunk took their own life. You listening? This guy's a police officer. He'll flat tell you. So realize if I'm hanging out with the flesh, what am I fellowshipping with? I'm fellowshipping with demons that are behind all that kind of stuff. And therefore, I'm not fellowshipping. Don't have my mind set on the things of the Spirit. I'm not fellowshipping with my Spirit and with God. So guess what I'm not aware of? What He wants me to do. Now, He's trying to direct my life, but guess what I've done? I've departed from walking out the faith. I've departed from walking out what God wants me to walk out. How did I do that? How did I do that? Through the work of deception of Satan and doctrines of demons. It begins with deception. Read it again. Stay right there, guys. I want you to read it again. Notice, why did they depart from the faith? They gave heed to. Say, give heed to. What did they start giving heed to? Read it. What did they give heed to? Deceiving spirits. So these deceiving spirits do what? They convince me it's okay to do these things. I'm born again. Come on. What does it matter if I do these things or not? What does it matter if I go look at nudity? What does it matter if I look at porn? What does it matter if I, you know, uh, listen to all kinds of stuff with foul language in it? What does it matter? What does all that matter? Come on, man, I'm born again. It don't matter. I can show you lots of verses that says it does matter, New Testament. I don't have time. I'm just saying I can. A lot of people, but you know how many people right now, and even people streaming right now could be saying, this guy, I'm turning him off, man. He's a religious preacher. I'm trying to explain to you how not to depart from the faith. You are not going to walk in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit living under the carnal influence of the flesh. It don't happen. And then all of a sudden we got a major decision in life and we need God's help. We're like, how come I can't hear God? God's not having any problem talking. You're having a problem tuning in because you didn't take time to learn to listen. If you, if you knew of a radio station on the radio and you knew exactly where it was on the dial and you turned your dial to that station and you couldn't hear it, would you be calling the station up and saying, must be something wrong with your station over there? No, most of us wouldn't be that dumb. We'd start thinking, yeah, must be something wrong with my radio. But we do just the opposite when it comes to God. God, I wish you'd speak to me. He had no problem speaking. You're just on the wrong channel. You're not tuned into your spirit, man. He's talking all the time. My sheep hear my voice. 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 I'm talking. And my sheep hear my voice. I know them. How does he know them? Because they know him. And they do what? They follow me. They don't follow the flesh. This is so powerful to understand. This is what begins the downfall of a believer being taken advantage of by Satan. How is Satan going to take advantage of your life? Seduction or deception? He's going to seduce you with the flesh to do things you know you shouldn't, which then you're not deceived. Or he's going to deceive you to make you think, which is going on a lot today. He's going to deceive you to make you think it's okay to go that way. Come on, guys. The average pastor today is all about entertainment. It's all about marketing to get people in the church. It's not about preaching the word and seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. It's all about what we can do to appease people's flesh to get them in the doors. 
We're living out what Paul told Timothy. That in the last days, man, people will heap up for themselves teachers to tickle their itching ears. Talking about people they call ministers. What are they tickling? Their itching ears. Uh, what's your ears a part of? Your flesh. So if I fellowship with the wrong context, wrong things in life, of which demons are behind, this is what we got to recognize. It don't mean that if I'm hanging out with a friend who's carnal that there's a demon in him. Could be, but it don't mean that. If he's born again, there's not, but I'm just saying. It doesn't, but guess what? If he's living carnal, all carnal actions come back to who? Satan. All carnal's actions are because of the fall in the garden. So ultimately, who's, what spirit's behind that? Demons are. And as long as I fellowship with that, when you're sitting in a movie house, it's not the nudity that's the problem. It's not the picture of the nude person on the screen that's the problem. It's the demon behind it that's getting you lustful and desiring to do that more and more and more. There's no demon on that screen. There's no demon in that screen. If you're sitting in a movie theater, there's not a demon inside the screen. You listen to it? It's just an image. It's what's behind the image. It's what inspired whoever put that movie together to put it up there. It wasn't God. It was demons that did that. What are they doing? They're trying to get you to think a different way. They're trying to get you to become accepting of what your flesh wants. And if you start accepting what your flesh wants, read on. What's the next thing that happens? Why did they depart from the faith? They, be, they gave heed to. What did they start doing? They gave heed to what? Deceiving. Deceiving spirits, which led to what now? What did it lead to? Doctrines of demons. So you know what doctrines, and this is how it sounds, right? As I start giving way to these deceiving uh, spirits of deceiving me, wanting me to go this route, guess what all of a sudden my buddies and my friends and other people that I know that are Christians that are carnal tell me? Oh, that preacher of yours, you need to get out of that church. It's okay to drink. It's okay to get drunk. It's all right to have sex before marriage. All this stuff is no big. Hey, folks, this was in the Bible days even. New Testament. The, Jesus said, guess what? He said, I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. He didn't say he hated the Nicolaitans. They were followers of one of the first disciples, Nicholas. Guess who Nicholas became? One of these guys right here. He became one of these guys right here who began to give in to deceiving spirits and therefore did what? Came up with his own doctrines himself. And he taught all of his followers it's okay to have sex before marriage. You know what? He taught, he taught wife swapping was okay. It's okay to have wife swapping. They did it in the Old Testament. We're now born again in the New Testament. It don't matter. You listening? He taught that it was okay to take what was a holy thing to God, like a wedding, and do what? Mix pagan rites in with it. What do you mean pagan rites? Getting drunk. That wasn't right in the sight of God. Well, Jesus turned that water to wine. Don't even go there. Because if you really think that got them all drunk, then he sinned and he didn't. He didn't. He gave him the best wine, which was what? What was initially extracted from the, from the, uh, from the grapes or whatever fruit you had with the proper amount of mixture of water because it wasn't palatable without it. So you get the full flavor of the juice. There was no alcohol in that. I said there was no alcohol in that. So understand, the more that I take time to start focusing my attention on carnal things that are ultimately uh, traded, uh, a trace back to what Satan is trying to do to influence me. What's he trying to do? He's not just trying to lead me into a deception. What's he trying to do? Indoctrinate me. 
He's trying to get me indoctrinated away from anybody who preaches the Bible to start telling me, well, that's not true. You can do whatever you want. You're saved by grace. Doesn't matter how you live. Do Hey, man, come on. Jesus already died for you. Praise God. You're going to heaven. Glory to God. Well, sure, the devil wants you to think that because if you keep walking that out, what are you going to do? You're going to depart from the faith. Right. What are you going to do? Read it again. He said, the Spirit expressly says a latter time some will depart. I got to ask the question, will that be you? Because some will. Some will depart from the faith. How will they do it? They'll start giving heed. Slowly giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So why would I do that? Why would I start giving heed? Come on, Holy Spirit. Why would I start giving heed to deceiving spirit? Why would I do that? Why would I do that? I'm going to tell you why. Because you started getting your focus off the things of God, and you started getting focused back on your carnal nature. And because your carnal nature is enmity against God, and it's not getting its way, and it's pouting and throwing a fit, it's going to get you to now start wanting to give in to these deceiving spirits. You listening? And then be indoctrinated that that stuff's okay. It's okay to not forgive because God already forgave you. You know what Jesus said about that? I think you might want to go read what Jesus said about that. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, neither will my Father in heaven forgive you. Excuse me? What? If I don't forgive, the Father won't forgive me. What's that mean? I think it means just what he said. (laughs) He he put it black and white. If you don't forgive others, neither neither will the heavenly Father forgive you. Oh, I don't have to forgive. I'm born again. See, this is now indoctrination. Can you see it? This is indoctrination of demons. This is how it works. Most people think that, you know, well, in a way, I'm going to go sit under some seat of synagogue of Satan somewhere. No, no, you won't. But you know what will happen? The flesh will draw you off into things that are not true, make you think that this is a bunch of garbage, that you don't have to live these things out. Okay, you can live according to the flesh, and if you walk according to the flesh, what are you going to walk in? Death. Separation from what? Zoe life and the peace God wants you to have. Your choice. Set your mind on the things of the flesh. What are you going to wind up doing? You're not going to be aware of your spirit man and the Holy Spirit. You're going to be aware of your flesh. You're going to be indoctrinated by demons saying it's okay. It's no big deal. And you know what happens with that eventually? Then everything that happens in your life had to have been God. God must have done this. God must have done that. God must have had me cause uh, my car to crash. God must have had me lose my job. No, God's not doing those things. I said, God's not doing those things. He's not the thief. Are you listening? So again, we don't want to fall prey to what? These deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. How do we not do that? We got to listen to our conscience. Look at the next verse. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. These people begin to speak lies and hypocrisy. How? Having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So what does the conscience seared mean? Anybody ever had a part of your skin burnt from something pretty hot? I mean, really hurt, really bad burnt? To the degree that it's never recovered from that. You, you could have somebody walk up if they couldn't see you. And they can touch that part of your skin. They don't even know you're touching it. Why? It's seared. The more that I keep hanging out with the wrong influence of the wrong things of the flesh. Guess what I'm doing? You know what my spirit over here and the Holy Spirit are trying. The Holy Spirit's dealing with my spirit. And my spirit, the voice of my spirit's trying to deal with my soul and my flesh. And tell them, do what? Get away from that. Don't be involved with that. Don't keep feeding on that. You listening? That's just going to hurt your life. But the more I ignore it, as a soul, the more I ignore it, the more I ignore it. What am I doing? I'm searing my conscience through. With what? A hot iron. How's the Holy Spirit lead me? The Holy Spirit bears witness with 
my spirit. Problem, if I've seared my conscience, the voice of my spirit, not my spirit, man. If I've, if I've seared my, the voice of my spirit, man, my conscience through, well, the hot iron, what does that mean? I don't listen to him anymore. I don't even know he's talking. You know the problem with a lot of Christians today? Their conscience is seared. Their conscience is seared. And this is why teachers that are being heaped up are there to tickle their itching ears. Because if they told them the truth of the Bible, they'd run out the door in a heartbeat and go find somebody else to tell them what their flesh wants to hear. And the sad part about it is, some of these people may depart from the ultimate faith and deny Jesus Christ. Thus saith the Bible. So understand, the more that I focus my attention on the fleshly nature, I'm not only getting involved in deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, what else am I doing? You don't think your spirit's not telling you not to go there? Right. Has anybody here ever looked at something you know you shouldn't have looked at? Anybody here since you've been born again? Let me put it that way. Since you've been born again, raise your hand if that's you. Did your conscience bother you the moment you looked at it? What if you ignore that? See, what if your little brain tells you, it's no big deal. Come on, it's no big deal if I look at that or not. That's no, what are you doing? You're searing your conscience through listening to your flesh. Has anybody ever had something come out of your mouth since you've been born again? You know it shouldn't come out of your mouth. But if you just keep ignoring that, keep talking that way, what are you doing? You're drifting more and more and more over to these deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons that are filling your mouth with all this garbage. What's the goal here? What is Satan ultimately trying to do, guys? What's he trying to do? He don't want you walking in God's plan for your life. He wants you to walk in his plan, which is deception, which is destruction. Come on, seduction. He wants to control your life. How's he going to do that? He's going to do that by you slowly drifting back to the flesh if you're not careful. And you see your conscience through, guess what you're not going to do? If I sear my conscience through, which is the voice of what again? Spirit. Spirit. How am I going to hear God? You're not. You're not. But that is something done over time. What if I've done that? You can repent. You can turn around, get back right with God, and start getting your, your spirit sensitive, your uh, voice of your spirit sensitive again. Notice again, they will not only uh, obviously give heed to these deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, they will speak lies in what? What will they do? So here's the lie in hypocrisy statement, right? Oh, come on, man. It don't matter if I'm hanging out over here with Joe get drunk. It, it don't matter. Are you kidding me? You got to be crazy. Think you, Y'all hanging out with those clothesline preachers that tell you all that kind of garbage. Come on. I'm a holy man of God. I'm a child of the Most High. I'm a holy man of God. You can't tell me I'm not that. They're speaking lies Amen. in hypocrisy. Their spirit obviously has not been, in the sense, affected by it. But you know what? To say I'm a holy man of God, didn't the Bible tell me and you to live a holy life because God is holy? Yep. A life set apart to God? Yep. What's the lies and hypocrisy? I'm a holy man of God. You can't tell me otherwise, praise God. Ah, that, was a good, that was a pretty good beer, man. <laughs> praise the Lord. I think we ought to go get us some more. See, what are they doing? Speaking lies. In what? Hypocrisy. They're hypocrites. They claim they're something they're not. They claim that they're holy. They claim, they claim that they, hey, you know what they'll claim? Here's what they'll claim all day long. You know how many people sit at bars, get drunk every night, and claim they love God? Now, most of them are deceived. I'm not saying they intentionally mean that they are deceiving others by saying, I love. No, the most, of them don't, most of them think they love God, but they're so deceived. Remember what Jesus said, if you love me, what did Jesus say? You'll do what? No, wait, come on, man. You'll keep my what? Commandments. Commandments, plural. Amen. Commandments, say commandments. Amen. You'll keep my commandments if you do what? If you love me. 
Well, how many of those drunk people are not keeping what God spoke in the Word of God for them to do? They hate people. They don't forgive people. Jesus said to forgive. They're not walking in love. You listening? They'll claim they love you. They'll claim they'll walk in love, right? Here's, they're, they're speaking lies in what? Hypocrisy. They'll claim they love you until they find out you don't agree with their lifestyle. Then see how much they love you. Then see how nice they talk about you. Any good amens. See, if we're believers walking in love, we're not running or peeping, putting those people down. Jesus wasn't when he said he hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Jesus said it. He hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Did he say he hated the Nicolaitans? No. He hates what they're doing. Why? It's going to destroy their life. Thank you, guys. Give them a good hand. Praise God. So you and I, how many want to be more aware of your spirit, man? You and I must make sure we don't do what? That we do not sear our conscience through with a hot iron. How do we not sear our conscience through with a hot iron? You ready? You, as a child of God, must not get caught up in going back to influence of the flesh, which ultimately is going to be influence of demons and cause you to be misled and cause you to stop denying what your spirit man's telling you. 1 Corinthians 10. I got through... Uh, one of about five verses tonight. But that was important. Hope you got it. I said, I hope you got it. I can't keep fellowshipping with things that are involving the ultimate origin of where it comes from, from demons, and expect to be sensitive to God's leading, God's voice. Can't do it. I'm going to show you that. I want to get to this verse at least tonight. We'll come back. We'll get back into this on Sunday. But I want to show you this very clearly. How many of you want to walk in God's plan for your life? Be led every step of the way. How many know that there are all kinds of landmines in this world out here, but God can lead you around every one of them? God knows the very things that Satan tries to do to set stuff up to take advantage of your life. And God will lead you around every one of them if you let him. Right? I mean, multiple times we've talked about it in this series because most people are aware of it. What about the trade towers? Many Christians who were listening and aware of their spirit man knew, I'm not supposed to go there today. There were some in their offices early that, earlier in the, in the day before the plane ever hit and something told them, get out of here. Well, was God speaking to everybody? You bet he was. Because if he wasn't, then he's a God of partiality and he's not. What was the problem? Others were too carnal. You don't think they, this ain't serious? No believer had to lose, lose his life in that trade tower that day. Many did not because they, they were listening to their spirit and they obeyed. But many others didn't, sadly. Now listen, thank God they're in heaven. They, they just lost their physical bodies, but their lives were cut far shorter than they should have been. They didn't walk out the plan God had planned, and but we can. First Corinthians 10. So let me show you this based on what I just taught you, that this is significant as to what Scripture teaches about watching the origin tied to what we're connected with. I'm going to say that again. We got to watch the origin of what we're connected with. Who you hanging out with? Who you listening to? You need to recognize the origin of where that comes from. If it's not of God, it's a work of the devil to try to do what? To deceive you and mislead you and indoctrinate you in a way that leads you away from you being aware of your spirit and being led of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 16. Listen to this. The cup of blessing, it's talking about receiving communion. The cup of blessing with which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Now some of this... May not seem to make sense, but just stick with me. Just keep reading. You'll, you'll get it in here in just a minute. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So in other words, when we receive communion, does that, that communion bread represent the body of Christ? Yes, it does. 
And they were having an issue in the Corinthian church because taking communion to them no longer meant it was honoring the body and the blood of Jesus. It was all about a meal. And how fast can we eat? Because I'm hungry. And I'm not waiting for everybody else to get here. Come on, pass the bread out. Pass the juice out. Let's go, let's go. So what he's saying is that the true understanding of the blessing of that communion cup and that bread is representative of what? Fellowship with who? Jesus. Fellowship with Jesus, 12, uh, 17. For we, notice this, we though many, talking about in the body of Christ, are one bread and one body. Just talking about the fact the bread representing the body of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. We're one body. For we all partake of that one bread. 18. Observe Israel after the flesh. After what? After the flesh. So Israel, as they were governed by their flesh, are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar. Talking about in the natural of what they did at the altars back in the Old Testament. Just get past all that for a minute. 19. What am I saying then? So he's trying, now he's going to explain what he's talking about. That an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything. Now why does he bring this up? The Corinthians were uh, uh, in an area where oftentimes meat was offered to idols. So let's say you're going to have a meat you know, meal tonight. You're going to have a sirloin steak when you get home, right? But you're going to go actually have a bunch of people come over to your house, and you're going to take that meat, and you're going to offer it up to demons as an offering to demons, to honor demons, and then you're going to eat that meat, offering up to an idol, okay? If you did that back in their day, what he is about to say is, is that if you were to eat that meat that somebody offered up to an idol, there's no demon in the meat. Right. You listening? There's not some, if you eat that meat, you're not going to get a demon because there's no demon in it. But those who continually do this and you fellowship with them, what's the spirit behind the whole reason why that's being done? The spirit behind it is demons. You listening? They had a big problem with this in the New Testament because there were those of the New Testament born again who said we can't offer meat offered up to idols as the Old Testament says. True, but now that you're born again, honestly, does it matter if you eat the meat or not? No, there's no demon in it. But if you keep fellowshipping with those who do, what's the source behind why they're offering that up to idols? It's demonic. So read on. Verse 20. Notice, rather... That the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, those who don't know God, they sacrifice to who? Who do they sacrifice it to? Demons, Demons and not to what? God. Clearly why? They don't know God. They're not born again. So what they sacrifice, in other words, what they do with their lives, they do so to demons and not to God. They're not honoring God. They're not worshiping God with their life. They're not born again. Notice, and I do not want you to have what? Tell me. Fellowship. Tell me out loud, please. Fellowship. Underline it. I do not want you to have fellowship with what? Demons. What's he referring to? Gentiles who are doing things clearly not right in the sight of God. What should you not be doing? Fellowshipping with him. So do we just go lock ourselves in our house and stay away from everybody? No. He's talking about fellowship. He's talking about you and I going and doing the things they do. That's fellowship. That I go and they influence my life and I do the things they do. He's saying you should not do so because if you do so, obviously they're not inspired by God. And in doing so, guess what you're going to wind up doing? Drinking, looking at nudity, listening to cussing, all kinds of stuff like that. Well, what's the root of all that again? Demons. He said, I do not, read it again, verse 20. I do not want you to have fellowship with what? Demons. 21. You cannot, say cannot. Watch this. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot experience what God wants for your life and fellowship with demons is the point. 
You can't do that. You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot do what? You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. 22. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? In other words, God's a jealous God. He won't share you. If you want fellowship, you can't fellowship with, like the example I gave, you can't fellowship with the Holy Spirit and fellowship with all your carnal nature and flesh at the same time. God says don't work that way. Doesn't work that way. How many want to be led by God? You got to be more aware of your spirit, man. Look at verse 23. All things are what? All things are lawful for me, but, but not all things are what? Helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all, but, uh, not all things do what? Edify. Now, what's that mean? The word lawful means you have a free will, so I have a free will. The word lawful means I have the right to choose in my life what I do. God gave you that free will. Lawful doesn't mean it's okay by God, nor even the sense that it's okay by man in relationship to the laws of man. Lawful there, the Greek word means I have been given a free will by God. I can choose to do whatever I want. Say, I can choose to do whatever I want. But that don't mean it's helpful to you. That don't mean it'll build you up. You can make choices that aren't building you up spiritually but are tearing you down. You can be making choices that aren't helping you to be able to develop, be developed in your spirit, man, and be more of your spirit. And therefore, you're doing what? You're getting farther from God's awareness, not closer to it. I want to hear God's direction for every decision I make in my life. How about you? To do that, i got to be more aware of my spirit. And the whole context of this is simply saying this. It's not the meat that was offered to the idol that's the problem. It's the people that are offering it. Can you see that? It's not the physical thing. It's not the movie on the screen. It's the people behind it. It's the association of the people behind it who are being influenced by what? Not God. And the goal over time is again to draw you in, to get you in a position to all of a sudden do what? Become carnal again. Here's the whole purpose of what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to get you to live carnal. Because if you live carnal, guess what you're not going to walk in? Zoe life. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you don't walk in Zoe life, you're not only going not to experience what God has pre-planned for your life, guess what else you're not going to know how to do? Walk in your authority. The devil loves that because if you don't know your authority and he comes against you, guess what he can do? Take further advantage of your life. But what if I know my authority in Christ? Did Paul know his authority? Yeah, what did that demon say again? That Those demons say again that uh, those sons, sons, seven sons of Sceva tried to crash out? Jesus I know. How did they know Paul? He, he kicked his rear end, man. He, he booted him out of somebody before those, that guy. Could I get a better amen? But if I'm walking in a decision of life that's carnal and fleshly that's being influenced by deception and doctrines of demons, guess what I'm not going to do? No, my authority in God. If Satan can get you to live carnal, you're a weak believer. If Satan can get you to live carnal, you're a weak believer. You're a powerless believer. Your flesh can't even save you. Your own flesh can't even get you born again. How's your flesh going to help you overcome disease and sickness? How's your, how's your flesh going to overcome COVID? How's your flesh going to help you overcome whatever next comes down the pike? Your flesh won't, but the power of God will. I said the power of God will. Bible said the power of God's here to keep you, guard you. Come on, keep you protected from all that stuff. Any good amens tonight? But guess what the enemy's trying to do? Get you carnally led. If he can get you carnally led, carnally focused, he gets you carnally led, you're not going to walk in life in peace. You're going to miss out on the plan God has for your life. So, understand clearly, you and I have to watch our associations. 
saying, I must watch my associations. Meaning what? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you looking at on social media? Who are you following after on social media? If you're following after carnal, worldly people that you're reading their stuff all the time, who do you think is motivating them to say what they say? Ultimately. I don't mean, again, they got a demon, but where does that influence come from? See, that's what he's telling the Corinthians. You can't sit here and keep being influenced by others who are clearly not walking with God. And therefore, Satan has his hand on them, and he's going to try to influence you. You can't walk with them and walk with God. Now, it doesn't mean you can't influence them. Doesn't mean you can't be a witness to them. I mean, we're supposed to go out as a child of God and be a witness to the whole world. Yeah, but when it comes time for you to say, hey, man, I want you to come and watch this movie with me. I've had people invite me to movies that were believers. Hey, I want you to go watch this movie. Sorry, can't. Why not, man? Have you checked out all the words that's in that? GD this and GD that's all through there, man. How you know? I read a review. Oh, it's just a movie. There you go. See, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. Come on, somebody. It's just a movie. What are you doing? You're drifting over here to the deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. It's just a movie. Is it really? Is it really? Has the movie got any demons in it? No. But what's the ultimate influence? See, the ultimate influence of the deceiver is to convince you it's just a movie. Then it becomes what? It's just a TV show. Then it just becomes what? It's just a little sex. Not a big deal that we're not married. It's just a little sex. I mean, come on. Come on, somebody. What are you doing? You're drifting away from your spirit, man. What about when God wants to lead you? He can't. Not because he's not trying, but guess what? You've seared your conscience through. But thank God we don't have to. I said, thank God we don't have to. Stand your feet. Praise God. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.